Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. turn in our Bibles together to the book of Matthew, <clears throat> the book of Matthew chapter number 14, we'll be reading verses 25 through 30, while you are turning there this morning I greet you in Jesus name and I give honor to our bishop. Give honor to our pastor. I know he's traveling, but likely listening and praying for this service and love and appreciate their covering. I give honor today to our district or our Section 6 presbyter, Pastor Tony Frederick, who will be listening in later this afternoon. And uh, I know he is praying for this day and for the service and he prays much for this church and I love and appreciate him dearly today. Matthew chapter number 14. The Bible reads and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Old loud mouth. Peter, be careful what you ask for. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture today. For many of us, but I want to minister today with God's help. The waters are calm. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. In ancient times, the Jews divided the night into three watches, consisting of four hours each. Now, Having the terminology of the night watch or the early watch or the morning watch is not uncommon around here. Our bishop is often quoted as having the the morning watch. And he does just that many times. The first watch in in ancient script is mentioned in Lamentations 2.19 where the Bible says, Arise, cry out in the night in the beginning of the watches. The second watch is mentioned in Judges 7.19 where Gideon 
And 100 men that were with him came into the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. The third watch is mentioned in Exodus 14, 24, where the Bible says, and it came to pass that in the morning watch. The fourth watch is not mentioned in any part of the Old Testament. It was introduced by the Romans in Judea, and also the custom of dividing the day into 12 hours. John eleven nine, 9, Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. The first watch began at 6, 6 p.m., the first watch of the night. The second watch at 9, the third watch at midnight, and the fourth watch at 3 a.m. and continued until daybreak, which based on 12-hour increments is believed to have been 6 a.m. It was between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. that our scripture text introduces us today that Jesus makes his sudden appearance to the disciples. The first sighting of Jesus in this occasion happened in the darkness of night. If you've ever been in the desert cool of the night, it is a stark contrast to what the heat of the daytime sun brings you. Imagine with me, if you will, this morning that the disciples are on their boat following the instructions of Jesus. It's past 3 a.m. It's beyond a good REM's sleep cycle. It's uh, the cold of the night. It's likely there's, because they live in a desert and there's there's, there's water off the seashore there. there it, it's likely that there's, there's a foggy mist coming up off the water. And now all of a sudden with crust in their eyes and, 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 and you know the toothpicks have grown weak, it's late or early, whichever way you want to look at it, now they look across the waters and they, they see a man. They see a man and he looks like he's standing on the water. Now, that could spook the, the toughest of us, given the right circumstances. The suspension of the laws of gravitation was manifested in this unlimited power demonstration in the supremacy of God robed in flesh. Jesus was standing on the water by his own power. He was demonstrating in flesh that He is God and that He is the God who has all power in heaven and in earth. Demonstrating His power by standing on the surface of something that has no surface. The very same God who was before the foundations of the world. The very same God who was the Word made flesh. The very same God who walked among men but was also the Ancient of Days. The very same God in flesh who said, Before Abraham was, I am. The very same God who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. Somebody shout hallelujah this morning. Though at a distance from His disciples, He knew their distress. A distress brought on 
by contrary winds that cause the waves of the sea to become violent. Now, there's a scientific explanation behind waves and how they affect boating. Improperly operating your boat during certain waves can lead to capsizing. There are certain things that if understood can help the captain of a boat or a ship navigate the open seas, such as wave size, wave direction, wave breaking, how waves work, their effect on boating and how waves form, the seven major categories of wave types and how to steer a boat in big waves. This understanding would be helpful to anyone navigating the open seas. Job spoke of things where the omnipotent power of God was demonstrated in Job 9 and 8, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. Matthew recorded that he was walking on the water, but Job asserted that he treadeth on the waves of the sea. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a distinct difference today between walking and treading. To walk is simply to just move along on foot. To tread, however, is to step while applying pressure with the foot. To tread is a type of stepping action used in walking, but it is very intentional in its act of walking. Not that I could ever be successful with it today, but I think if I were going to try to walk on water, now I know that that's laughable, and I know that that's, that's, that's not going to happen, but I have to think in my mind's eye, if I was going to try, Brother Fred, I think I would, be, I would have a little hesitancy. I, I'd be a little unsure about what was going on. I think I would, I would dip my foot on the water as soft as I could as though my soft step is going to keep me from you know, going through the water. But I would, I, would, I would have some hesitancy and I just, you know, I'd, I'd just, I'm just going to try this and I'm just going to see how it goes. But not Jesus. When Jesus steps on the water, he does so in a treading action. He applies pressure. He's intentional about his steps because he is intentional about getting into my situation and making sure he's involved, making sure he's ever present with me and making sure he is in step with me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus treads on the waves of the ocean like he's strolling down a pavement. He's got no concerns. He has no hesitancy. He transcends all liquid nature of water. He doesn't fall through. I've come to tell somebody today that Jesus transcends all circumstance. He's not worried about your situation. He's not worried about yesterday. He's not worried about your tomorrow. God's got it in control and he never, never, never fails. Somebody give the Lord a good hand praise this morning. Hallelujah. But the disciples became afraid. They believed that what they were looking at was a spirit. Now, they were half right. <laughs> Ooh, spirit robed in flesh. 
They, they got a half right. But Jesus said in Matthew 14, 27, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. The word cheer translates from the Greek as comfort. Now I admit to you this morning as an aspiring linguist and polyglot that I like to, I like to see how it translates. And I have no personal interest in Greek other than its application in the Word of God. So I look to the Hebrew. Now I know it's New Testament. And I know we often translate New Testament in, he, in Greek. But we're still in the Gospels. Jesus is speaking. Jesus is known historically to have spoken Aramaic and to have been able to read and speak Hebrew. So I look to the Hebrew when I'm in the Gospels. It's, that's just me. I, I, I get Greek from Romans on. I give that to, that to the Romans there. But in the Gospels, in, in this passage where Jesus speaking says, be of good cheer. Bishop, the Greek says comfort. I looked that into the Hebrew passage and I, I looked at the wording yesterday in literal, in, in actual Hebrew writ in order to see what word choice that they used. And as I was reading this passage in Hebrew, I saw that it states the word cheer as strong. Now strong is a little different than comfort. Strong is a little different than cheerful. So if we were to adopt the Hebrew meaning this morning, this, this verse would read, instead of be of good cheer and instead of be of good comfort, it would say, be strong. It is I. Be not afraid. They were afraid of the waves, possibly because they didn't understand the science behind waves. Or maybe it's because they didn't have an internet browser to Google it and research it the way that I did because I don't, I don't have a clue what waves are. And everything I've told you is from research today. And I was kind of quite astounded at the science behind the water and the waves. Or maybe they were just afraid because they didn't know what was happening. We are often most afraid when we don't understand our situation. When we don't know what to do. We don't have experience with something. We don't have anyone to go to for help. We can't see a way out. Fear is nurtured when we lose our strength. When we lose strength, we start to lose hope. And hopelessness, church, is a dangerous place for the child of God to be. Jesus told the disciples to be of good cheer, good comfort, or... Simply to be strong because he was the one on the water. Because he was the one standing beside them. Because he was the one who has all power in every circumstance. Don't be afraid. He knew what he was doing. And because of that, because of that, I believe today our enemy wants us to not just be afraid. He wants us to lose our strength. He wants us to lose our, our, our acclamation to our surroundings. He wants church to feel foreign to you. He wants your relationship with God to have an uneasy, odd feeling about it. 
He doesn't want you to be comfortable in the presence of God. He doesn't want you to understand your situation. Let me declare to somebody in this house or online this morning, by faith in the name of Jesus, you might not understand your situation, but you've got somebody you can go to for help today. He's the one standing on the water right beside the boat. He never gives up. He knows just what he's doing. He knows just what he's doing. The boat sits on the water, sometimes still, sometimes bobbing gently, sometimes to the point of sinking. The sea is the sea and the boat is the boat. They don't change, yet the circumstances surrounding them change immensely. It's pretty unlikely that the boat will remain still and equally unlikely that it will always move so violently as to nearly capsize. Hear me today, conditions change. Time passes. It's in cycles and seasons. It's in lows and it's in highs. Such is the journey of life. Let me, let me add right here just a little sub-note today. What you're going through today, you're not always going to go through. The seasons of life are going to change. And things are going to get better. Somebody shout hallelujah. Life can sometimes be like riding the waves in a boat. Occasionally you get to steer and to choose your course. Sometimes you have balance. Sometimes you have the ripple effect of the water. Temporary situations, moments of turbulence, and times of stillness. Occasionally, you need to cast out to anchor and just sit still and wait. While other times, you need to pull up anchor and adrift and not always knowing what your destination is. Occasionally the tide takes you in and the wind blows and you have to go with the flow. Now and then the wind calms you and you can gently float and reassess and contemplate where you're at. What good is a compass today when the wind blows so strongly against you in another direction? The compass reflects having patience to get back on course and adjust your journey. With balance and poise, when the time is right, you will have a chance to shine again. The seasons shift. There is the calm before the storm. Sometimes there's the storm before the call. Impermanence works in both cases. And what I mean by that today is change is inevitable. Hear me. Change is inevitable, but change is not permanent. Your circumstances may have been inevitable. Your circumstances may not have been anything you caused. You might be dealing with something that is coming against you today that you had no influence to. And while that may have been inevitable today, I'll declare to somebody it's not permanent. Life's not always going to be this way. Whether it's the calm before the storm or the storm before the calm, I declare today in Jesus' name that because he stands on the water the waters today are calm the waters are calm today occasionally you have to ride the waves with patience and poise waiting for the right moment for action or change challenge and change they're two 
constants of life. And the word change can be found within the word challenge because they go hand in hand. Ripples come and ripples go. They say that if it's uninhibited and undetoured and not stopped, that a ripple off of a coastline can travel the entire span of the ocean. It comes and it goes. A great deal of life's challenges when you look closely and deeply are actually ripples on the surface. Temporary turbulence. I know when we're going through circumstances, it feels like it's over. It feels like there's nothing left. It feels like it's going to be this way forever. But circumstances come and eventually circumstances go. The turbulence is temporary today. Knowing that, it does not have to affect your values. And you can hold true to the knowledge of knowing who is steering your ship. You may at times have to anchor up and wait for better opportunity. Raising your awareness to the ripples on the surface helps you see the impermanence of the changes and the circumstances that you're in. It takes great patience to accept what happens in your life. It takes great compassion to accept what happens in your life. You say, but preacher, I don't have any patience today. Allow me to give you some insight today on navigating the troubled waters of life. Many of us don't have patience. Many of us lack the amount of patience required to navigate through circumstances unknown. But let me tell you something today. If you can get into the presence of God, if you can get to God's house, if you, if you have to drag yourself to the house of God to get into a worship atmosphere where God is at, then you have an opportunity to allow God to step into your life, to allow Jesus to step in and take control over every circumstance, over every ripple of life, over all the turbulence that you're enduring today. You need to get, don't you stop coming to church just because life isn't good. You need to be in the house of God. You need to be in the presence of God. I need him. I don't have patience for myself. I need the presence of God. I need his presence today. I need his anointing today. I need his covering today. I need him to wrap his arms around me and reassure me when I'm singing power in the blood that it only takes one drop to forgive sin. And if he can if he can forgive my sin, there's no circumstance that's so great that I can't suffer through alongside the powerful, beautiful, matchless name of Jesus today. If it only takes one drop to save my sin and to save my soul, then he's definitely got power to help me. Oh, could you lift your hands and magnify him today? Could you lift your hands and magnify The waters are calm today. The waters are calm today.
My life may be turbulent, but the waters are gone. The waters are gone. His name was Stephen Callahan. Stephen Callahan wanted to escape the misery of a recent divorce. So he came up with this ambitious idea to tour the world on his personally designed boat that he called Napoleon Solo. Callahan's epic journey began from Newport, Rhode Island in 1981 in a small 21.3 foot long boat. He first sailed to Bermuda and then on to England safely. Callahan left the famous English port of Cornwall aiming for Antigua as part of a group of sailors taking part in a single-handed race. Unfortunately, he had to drop out of the race while in Spain. A wave of bad weather had apparently sunk a good number of racing boats and had damaged Napoleon Solo badly enough for Callahan to abandon the race. After a short stop during which Callahan adequately repaired his boat, he decided to continue his voyage through Spain and Portugal. He left for Antigua on January 29, 1982. After a week into his journey, Callahan's boat collided against an unknown object that is believed to have been a giant well, causing considerable damage to the structure of his boat. He had to abandon the main boat, the 21.3 foot boat, and move to a life raft. He went to and fro from the life raft to the sinking boat getting supplies such as a gun, solar steels, and other things that he considered helpful in the long run that might help him save his life. He was left with a small life raft, no food, no water, 800 miles off the coast of the, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean with no sense of direction, no GPS, by himself. Due to his determination and willpower, he managed to catch fish for food and he used solar steels. And I had to look this up to see what it was and you fishermen might know, but it's a solar-powered water collector that distills water to make it safe for drinking because there's so much salt content in ocean water. After 14 days in the middle of nowhere and with limited food and water supplies, Callahan managed to spot a passing ship. This was his ray of hope. This was where he quickly used his flare gun to attract the crew's attention, but he failed to do so. The ship simply sailed on without noticing him. This made Callahan even more desperate and hopeless. And at one time, he almost completely gave up on life. After more than a month adrift, Callahan damaged his boat quite badly while trying to fish for a meal. The whole side of his life raft was ripped. For the next ten days, he spent day and night struggling to keep afloat and finally managed to figure out how to fix the problem. In his own words, 
When he repaired his damaged life raft, it felt like the biggest achievement of his life. On the 74th day, Callahan had three cans of drinking water left, and his hope of survival was slowly fading. On the eve of the 75th day, adrift with almost no food and no water, he spotted lights on the island of Galante, located southeast of Guadalupe. This brought his hope back. This gave him courage to carry on for a few more hours, where the next morning a group of fishermen spotted him and rescued him to the island. After spending 76 days alone in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, he was rescued. The man had been in a boat so long that when he was rescued, it took him two weeks to figure out how to walk again. Alone, wet, afraid, no direction, no food, no supplies. God knows what type of weather. Constantly floating, constantly praying, constantly hoping. There are some waves you cannot climb. And sometimes you have to wait for calmer waters. There's a lot of skill and finesse involved in sailing, reading the tide. And part of that skill is keeping an eye on the horizon and checking the waves. But I've come to tell somebody today that one thing is very certain. Every storm passes. Your storm is not permanent. Time moves on. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not minimizing your storm today. I'm trying to give you hope. I'm trying to instill in you some direction. I'm trying to give you some covering today by the Word of God that every storm passes. Life's not always going to be what it's like today. You may be drifting out and your future may feel like it's drifting back and forth in front of you. Yes, change is inevitable, but Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Seasons change and life has its ups and downs, but Jesus is still my calm in the midst of my chaos. There's a lot of skill involved in navigating life's turbulence. And sometimes there's so much danger and so much fear, I no longer feel like I have the skill to navigate. Sometimes my issues and our issues outweigh our skill sets today when we simply don't know what to do. I say today when you're out of control, when you're out of options, when you don't know what else to do, just understand today every storm passes and Jesus is still in control today. Could you lift your hands and magnify him today? Could you call on his name today and love him? But I declare to you today that the waters are calm. Say, no, my, 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 my life, my boat of life, it's shifting, it's moving. No, 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 no. I'm telling you the waters are calm. Because Jesus is on the water. Hear me. He made the water. Don't think he can't control it. 
He made the fundamental ingredients that make up your situation. Don't think He can't control it. He doesn't just stand on the water. He doesn't just walk on water. He treads on it. He intentionally gets on water. He intentionally steps into my life with authority. He's putting pressure on my fear and my loss and my anxiety, my stress, even my depression. He's still God. Because the waters are calm today, I can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because the waters are calm today, I can pull anchor. I don't have to stay where I'm at. I don't have to worry about floating endlessly. I don't have to live stagnant today. You don't have to live stagnant today. When you think life is all that it's ever going to be, When you're sick for so long, you can't see yourself healthy. When you've hurt so long, you can't imagine a life without pain. When you've suffered so much anxiety and mental anguish and even, might I say today, abuse, you can't see a life of freedom. You can't see a life without anxiety. You can't see a life where there's no, no physical or mental harm to you. But I say today, don't lose hope because the waters are calm. Jesus is nearby. Keep your eyes on the horizon for there stands Jesus. It's the middle of the night. Don't get scared. He's not just a spirit. He's not just any spirit. He's the spirit. And He's standing on the water. He's right beside my boat of life. He's right beside my circumstances. He's calm. And because He's calm, I can be calm. I still remember the first time I ever flew in an airplane. By myself. And I was on. Now if you've ever flown much, you know that the bigger the plane, the better the ride. It's those small planes that shake all over the place. The very, very first flight I ever took, there's 11 people on that plane, including the pilot. I don't think they fly, I know they don't. They don't fly them that small, uh, at least out of Evansville anymore. very first flight I took was about a month and a half after 9-11. Security... Pre-9-11, there wasn't a quote-unquote airport security you had to go through. You could just walk in and go straight to your gate. So they were still adjusting to putting up security. So security lines, Brother Terry, they were temporary. It was chaos. There were sniffing dogs all over the place, which was just fine with me. Just fine with me. Check it all out. Make sure everything's safe. I'll, I'll wait as long as you want. The only thing that concerned me is I used to carry goodies powder. Anybody ever know anything about goodies powder for like headaches? And they come in these little plastic sleeves. Well, I had taken them out of the box, stuck them in my backpack. Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't get in trouble. I didn't even get caught. But I'm standing in line. I'm thinking, oh, dear God, they're going to see that powder and they're going to think it's something else. Maybe the dog will know the difference. Nervous, never flown before. I get on that plane. 
Lord have mercy. I bet that plane couldn't go above 2,000 feet. I mean, it was just small. Propellers on the front, I don't recommend it. We get up there, and I think, I think angel's wings could just make the, the plane, I mean, just the flutter of, of wind made up and down, up and down. And anybody that knows me, you know I sweat a lot, all right? And so I'm not, I'm not physically active, but I'm nervous. And I don't get nervous a whole lot, so when I get nervous, I get nervous. And I'm sweating, and I'm thinking, they're going to think I'm a terrorist because I've got sweat just pouring down me. And I'm trying to keep calm. My saving grace. I sat there, Brother Andrew, and I watched the flight attendant. I thought to myself, who on this plane has the most experience that I can see? It's the flight so I watched. They, they probably thought I was a stalker. I don't know what they thought of me, and I'm, I'm glad I've never seen them again since. But I watched. I sat there. On, I was on the front row of all places. And I thought, well, if we hit something, I guess I'm going soon. And I watched. They've taken a beverage to the next guy, and the plane would move like that. No, I'd look. You know what? I, I was watching for their calm. I was watching because I thought, if they're not nervous... Maybe I'm all right. But if their eyebrow flutters, what do I do? So I watched and I watched and the entire flight to Knoxville. Fortunately, it was a short flight. The entire flight to Knoxville, I'm watching. And they were fine. They were calm. And because of their calm, I was able to get calmer. I was able to relax. Let me tell you, it's the exact same way in your, in your relationship with God. In your life circumstances, when you don't have any calm, look to Him. Would you stand with me this morning? When you don't have any calm, look to the one who is calm. Because he's all, He stepped out on the water. And while the water was turbulent, and while the water was nasty, he steps out because he's still God. He's still the captain of my life. He's still in control. And when the time is right, all the water stays. Notice in our scripture reading, notice that the storm was aggravated by the absence of Jesus. But when Jesus stepped into the storm, His presence calmed the situation. Keep Jesus in your storm today. That's the key. You want a key for survival today? Keep Jesus in your storm. That, state, that, doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean every day is easy. That doesn't mean that there aren't hardships and there aren't challenges and that the, 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 the storm of the, the waves isn't going to rise up just a little bit again. But I'm telling you, if you keep Jesus in your storm, it'll make the ride a whole lot easier. You know, I, I'll clue you in today. I'll tell you one reason why I believe Sunday is so important. Because I've got a Monday to face. Oh, I feel that deeply this morning. 
I've got a Monday to face and I don't know what I face tomorrow. I don't know what, what emotional anxiety I'm going to wake up with. I don't know what frame of mind might attack me tomorrow. I need a Sunday to reflect on. I need a Sunday to draw strength from. I need a Sunday with Jesus in the middle of it to be able to look to to say, I've got calm in my storm. I've got calm in the waters of my life. Lift your hands right now if you would please. Call on the name of Jesus today together. If you're in the middle of a storm today, all you have to do right now, you don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to do anything other than just call on His name today. Call on His name today and declare unto Him, I need you in my life. I need you to calm the waters. The waters are calm today. The waters are calm today. If it's appropriate, why don't you lay your hand on somebody's shoulder next to you this morning and begin to pray for them. Speak life. Speak strength right now. Come on, speak calm waters in someone's life today. If there's death and life and the power of the tongue, let's choose life today. Speak it by faith in Jesus' name. I speak life. I speak power. I speak calm. I speak strength. I want to keep Jesus in my storm. I need Jesus to step into my storm. I'm depending on Him to calm my troubles. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The waters are calm today. I may not be healed yet, but the waters are calm. I may not be to the finish line yet, but the waters are calm. My circumstances might not be over, but the waters are calm. I may not have victory yet, but I'm going to keep moving because the waters are calm. I'm not stopping today because I'm in calm water. This is the time to pull anchor. This is the time to move. This is the time to believe. And I can believe today because the waters are calm. I can believe today because He is on my waters. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Somebody lift your hands one more time and just tell them you love Him. And just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give Him thankful praise today. We're believing by faith that He's calming waters today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I may not see it yet, but in my mind's eye, I declare it in Jesus' name. I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, thank you, Jesus. Because you're a miracle-working God, I say, thank you, Jesus. I say, thank you, Jesus, because unto Him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all can we can ask or think according to the power that work in us, and that power is never so great as the name of Jesus today. I say, thank you. I say thank you. I say thank you. I say thank you. I say thank you, Jesus. Waters are calm today. When you're at the end of your rope and things just got worse, lift your hands and say thank you, Jesus. When you just don't think that you can take any more hits. But the hits keep coming. You can lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Because the waters are calm.
because the waters are calm. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.